Hello, and welcome to the Harassment Free Workplace Podcast. I'm April Tarot of Navigating Integrity Associates. This podcast is for CEOs and HR professionals of small and medium-sized businesses to learn practical suggestions that can be used right away to address harassment in the workplace. We are committed to creating workplaces that work for everyone. Welcome. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Harassment-Free Workplace Podcast. I'm your host, April Tarot of Navigating Integrity Associates, and today I am so excited to have my close friend, Jasvinder Sandu, with us today. Hello, Jazz. Hey, April. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Jazz is an employment lawyer, and we have so much fun talking about different cases and uh, really helping each other out and bouncing things off of each other. So I'm so excited to have you as part of the podcast today. And for some reason, all my listeners want to hear from the employment lawyers. So here we are. And I'm so happy that you're, you're a guest today. Let me introduce you to our audience, Jasvinder Sandu. After having worked on Bay Street for a couple of different firms, she went in-house at one of the big five Canadian banks and worked most recently in the employee relations space. While she focuses much of her practice here in Ontario, she's licensed in the great state of New Jersey and comes to us with the lens of an employer, advocate, and politician. She runs a successful solicitor's boutique here in Ontario and dabbles in politics part-time as a municipal representative. Welcome, Jazz. Thanks again, April. This is fantastic. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, We decided as we were preparing for this that we're going to kind of do a case study uh, because you were involved in a sexual harassment case. And um, I thought, let's do a case study and see what we can learn from this case study. So um, why don't you tell us a little about the case, obviously without revealing names or anything like that, just to Mm -hmm. give people a little bit of a background. Sure. So (laughs) I'm laughing because there's so much to this. And I feel like a lot of times when people look through case studies like these, um, they could easily find situations and points of it funny because you stop and think to yourself, like, why would you do that? (laughs) Really? Why why would you do that? So I want everybody to kind of think about this as as I'm telling the story. So I have this person uh, who came to me, said that he, had gotten a lawyer, sorry, gotten a letter at work uh, from a co-worker's lawyer. And really the letter kind of in point form, as every demand letter does, goes through all of these things that potentially have happened. Obviously an investigation starts at work. Long story short, I start telling him, make sure you come back and tell me all of the truth. I need to know everything so that I can help support you in this. Like, are we protecting your job? What are we doing here? ends up, this is his subordinate, and they've been in a consensual relationship for quite some time. Um, It's over now. Yeah. So it's over now. But get this. And this is what I'm saying. Like, why would you do this? (laughs) So at the end of this relationship, she's also been given a performance improvement plan by him. Like, come on. Really? Like you, you are now putting yourself in a situation where not only have you ended a relationship, but now you are acting as her boss and providing her with this document. Could you see how this might potentially not go over well? (laughs) So, okay. So let's get this straight. So they started a relationship at some point, a sexual, a sexual relationship. Yep. Yep. He's her boss. At what point is he her boss? Um, at the beginning of their relationship. I would oh, say. 
okay, so he's her boss. Yeah. It's at the beginning of the relationship. And then he starts, they break up. They don't break up. When, when do the performance issues become an issue? (laughs) So what kind of a performance issue, right? (laughs) So so her, her performance issues become an issue right around the time of their breakup. And that's kind of where his and my conversation really kind of took a turn because now it's very difficult from a defense perspective to really turn around and say, hey, you know what? You're not providing her with this performance improvement plan because you've now broken up. Even though I know what he's telling me is I gave her, she had performance issues prior to this. And now this was just the documented proof. Yeah, but where's the documented proof for that? How do wow. I know that she actually had? Okay, so he had performance issues with her the whole way through the relationship. Performance at work issues with her. Yes. Get <laughs> clear. The whole way through the relationship. But then they break up and then he makes it formal that he has performance issues with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, yep. and then he, um, sorry. And then, so they have the performance, they, they break up. He brings the performance issues forward and then she brings a sexual harassment case. Yeah. So a a few months in between. So there seems to have been some back and forth. His boss was also made aware, at least from a certain perspective, that she wasn't performing at the level that she needed to at work. Um, They went back and forth sometime. So obviously leadership is aware of her lack of performance at work or her inability to perform in certain positions from from a work perspective. Mm -hmm. I think. the concern really came in uh, months down the road. Like we're talking about breakup to now this claim being brought probably like a good five to six months. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can kind of see it from both sides, right? Like, so if we're thinking about it from purely from a defense perspective, he's like, well, why does she wait so long? Why does she wait another five months after all of this happening for her to come back and bring this claim back? Mm-hmm. Whereas on the other side, you could easily look at it from the trauma-informed lens and say, she wasn't comfortable bringing this claim. There was well, something preventing her. Especially if she's sleeping with her boss, coming forward yes. with a complaint is extremely yes. vulnerable to come forward and, and to do that. So, wow. Yeah. So many different angles to look at this through. So um Absolutely. And like legally, legally speaking, I feel like that's always my first lens being a lawyer, but legally speaking in the employment standards act and currently case law has been, has been played out. Like you can't sleep with your boss, right? Like you, you just can't do it. You can't sleep with a subordinate, right? That's what I was just getting to. So what are the takeaways from this case that our listeners can, you know, can add to their repertoire of ways to decrease sexual harassment in the workplace? So your number one is don't sleep with your boss. Don't sleep with your boss. (laughs) Or if you're a boss, don't sleep with your subordinate. (laughs) Yeah, just don't do it. It doesn't matter if it was consensual or not consensual. The way that current case law reads, if you sleep with your boss or your subordinate, that's sexual harassment at work. Mm -hmm. Women at work are off limits Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, especially if they're your subordinate or your boss. Like that is a dangerous situation. You're playing with fire. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of shake our heads afterwards, like, how did this happen? But the reality is, is that we're all like, why would you do this? Right? Yeah. (laughs) The reality is we're all human. We spend a lot of time at work, you know, Mm -hmm. you meet people at work that you're like, wow, you know, I really like this person. Absolutely. So, so, yeah. So, 
So, you know, and I know lots of people who got married and they started at work to get my, yes. my parents, my mom was my dad's secretary. <laughs> like, like, okay. Seriously. And married, seriously. <laughs> and they've been married for 50 plus years, right? Like he was an engineer right? and she was the secretary yep. at the front of house and they fell in love. And, you know, it was also, you know, a, quite a while they got married at 65. So it was a different world. <laughs> it was a different world. That is currently not an accepted practice. <laughs> like that is not, that is exactly what we're talking about. You cannot marry your secretary. <laughs> like, sorry. Okay. And so, 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 lesson number one, don't sleep with your boss or don't sleep with your subordinate for sure. No, definitely not. But if it's but like, us- as you mentioned, it's an, it's an organic relationship. Like yes. I, I think I just cut you off. Like if you've yeah. got this organic relationship, you're not a subordinate or a boss in the situation. Mm-hmm. You probably want to go to HR and let them know. It's so important. And so many people don't even think of that. Like well, they just keep it hidden, right? Like, cause I know a mm-hmm. lot of people they're worried about getting fired. They're worried about it, totally. about it affecting their jobs. But from an employer's point of view, if you can get it in writing that this is a consensual relationship, that this is, yep. that this is, um, you know, an organically happening, that is completely consensual on both sides. It's not subordinate boss. So say it's from yep. two different departments yep. or that sort of thing. You're going to cover yep. yourself as an employer, right? Like that does, will totally. that, will that cover you as an employer for your obligation, making sure that people aren't sleeping together at work and, and that's okay. Or like, how, yeah, does, how I think does the so. employer handle that? I think that, well, it's a really good point. Like, I think that from, from an disclosure perspective, at least it puts everybody on notice at the table. Like, and it's really important at, at that moment when there's that disclosure happening, that people go in there individually, never want to have a situation where there could be um, any type of a claim later on down the road that somebody was coerced into a situation and that's why they went in there jointly. So Mm -hmm. individually going into HR providing that information to your boss or to, to HR generally, whoever you feel comfortable with, HR is obligated to keep it confidential. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one piece of that. Um, as far as protections are concerned for the company, yeah, absolutely. I think it, you want to lay the foundation, really. Like, I mean, this is what we do in, in the law and in cases, right? You lay the foundation so that you can come back and, and refer to it. So if you've, if you've got documented proof that two people have come to you and said, I'm in this relationship, we wanted you guys to know because just in case down the road, somebody gets promoted and shifted around that happens at large organizations all the time. Mm-hmm. What if you end up putting them in a situation where they're in a subordinate and boss relationship and they're actually continuing a relationship that was pre-existing? Mm-hmm. Then you employer are now on the hook for knowing about it and putting them in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And you're violating your own nepotism policy. Yeah. I've, I've actually seen it. I've actually seen it in sexual harassment policies. That if you're in a consensual mm-hmm. relationship that organically happened at work, we discourage that. However, if it does happen, please disclose to HR so that we can document it, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think that that's just Absolutely. such a, a human part of the clause because things totally. happen. People fall in love. You don't know who's going to fall All in love. All the time. Who's, exactly. Exactly. So, All um, the time. Yeah. And, and I think also from an employee standpoint, I'd want to know that I'm, oh, I'm safe disclosing that. Like, I'm not going to be in trouble. I'm not going to be, there's going to be no reprisal because I come forward with that. So I think as an employer, just really having that space of, we understand that this could happen. We discourage it. However, if it does happen, let's be adults about it, right? Like, let's be human about it and give space for it. And so we as employers can make sure we're not putting in that position of, you know, one's boss or one's subordinate and, and, and that sort of thing. 
And I think this is a really good time, actually, April, to talk a little bit about consent. It's kind of a little bit off topic, but I think Mm -hmm. it it plays into what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. Someone may have given consent at the beginning of a relationship to be in a relationship while they're at work Mm -hmm. uh, or or working together. But as the relationship progresses, people break up all the time. Yes. Right? And if if there comes a time where somebody's not feeling it anymore and they don't want to be part of that relationship anymore, you have to abide by that. And I think it's really important for that person to then also, again, go back to HR and say, hey, listen, I'm putting a kibosh on this. I don't want to have anything to do with this person anymore. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm okay to continue to work with them because they're not my boss or my subordinate. Mm-hmm. However, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this relationship anymore. And I mm-hmm. wanted you guys to know, because just in case in the future, like people misinterpret things all the time, right? Mm-hmm. They misinterpret what's consensual and what's not consensual mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Like, I mean, that happens in regular day-to-day life. Forget about work. All the time. Consent can be withdrawn at any time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's an important thing to think about too, especially as an employee. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I can also see, I'm trying to put myself in everybody's shoes, like from the HR person's perspective, they don't want to know about the revolving door, right? Like they also no. don't want to know no. that we're together. Oh no, we've broken up. No, we're together again. No, we're broken up. No, we're not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so I could just see HR it's like people. It's like, not Please, a soap don't, opera. Don't, don't encourage this. Don't tell them to come. I don't want to know all the inner details of the relationship. But I do think it's important right. if it is happening and it is serious. And if sex is happening, it's probably important for the employer to know just from a, an obligation you know, standpoint of let's make sure everybody's safe at work and they're not being harassed at work. Okay. So number one yeah. is don't sleep with your boss or your subordinate. Okay. Second is disclosure. Disclosure. If it should happen, what's your third takeaway from this case? The third one is actually kind of related to, to consent and Mm -hmm. some things being consensual. Be careful about power differentials. I would say that would be my other takeaway. I mean, we're talked about not sleeping with your boss and not sleeping with your subordinate, but you could tangentially be working with somebody and not necessarily be their boss or subordinate and still have a power differential. Absolutely. I I had a case similar to that. It was, um, it was a physician and a research assistant. So he wasn't, he wasn't her direct employer. Like he wasn't the one paying the check or signing the checks or anything because it was at a different organization, but there was definitely a power differential there because of Mm -hmm. the position of doctor. I mean, just as a doctor, there's, you know, there's a power, there's power there. There's so many different power differentials to even think about as well. Like not just hierarchical within the company, but there's also race that could be a power differential. There's also like minority versus somebody who's not a minority. There's also yes education power differentials. Like there's so like, there's so many different power differentials that could be taken into, into account, which would have somebody maybe not speak up about, about being uncomfortable with this person's advances or, or that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, like people, I mean, I remember learning this when I joined the bank, I had never heard this when I worked at the firm. Have you heard of a CLM? No. Career, career limiting move. Wow. Okay. If, if someone, if someone talks to you about something or if you find something, so maybe this would kind of be my plus plus three plus someone <laughs> talks to you about something at work. Okay. And they, they mentioned something about either being uncomfortable or they mentioned something about being in a relationship and they're no longer comfortable, or it's somebody who's in one of those powerful positions, especially at, at some, a place like a bank that has a hugely matrixed environment with many, many, many employees. It's not a career limiting move if you go and do the right thing. 
Mm. No one is going to come back mm-hmm. and HR is not going to come back and say, you know what, we're going to fire Joe because he told us that Jill is sleeping with Bob. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not going to happen like that. Mm-mm. And if it does, then shame on that organization. Mm-hmm. But really at the end of the day, we need to be encouraging our employees and we need to be encouraging our residents just generally in life, citizens to do the right thing. You can't, you can't sit there and say, I need to protect my job even though I've seen somebody being harassed. Mm. It's okay to go and say something. There, there's, uh, that's a whole nother episode on bystander. Yeah. The, the bystander effect of harassment in the workplace. Um, one of my yeah. previous podcast guests had said that if there's sexual harassment happening in the workplace, that every member of that team, the lost productivity is $27,000 per team member of lost oh, productivity. Because it's happening and people are like, just the bystanders themselves are stressed because they see it happening. They don't know what to do. Do they stand up? Do they not stand up? And it all comes back to really creating that culture, to creating that environment where people feel free to come forward and say what's going on without worry of reprisal. They can, they can be, they, they can risk being vulnerable, but being Mm -hmm. safe with being there vulnerable. It's again, all back to psychological safety. Do they feel safe enough that they can come forward and say what's really going on? But I think it's also important just from a personal standpoint, like if you are attracted to somebody else in the workplace, like check your power privilege, like check your privilege. Yeah. Right. Like before I start coming on to somebody because I really like them, let's look at all the different power differentials that are at play. That's not something that people normally do. That is not, it's like, woo, hello. She likes me. Let's go. Or he likes me. (laughs) Let's have some fun. Pause. Totally. Totally. Pause. Let's look. What, what are the power differentials at play here? Is she a subordinate or maybe, you know, they could be like a subordinate kind of like tangentially, like you said, right? Like, yeah, um, you know, somebody's a manager of another team, but, you know, at the same level, they could be Mm -hmm. like, they may be at the same level, but they could be like a step down. If you went across the organization down again, is that a power differential, right? If they're a manager in a different position. So yeah, it's, it's really something to look at. I mean, I've been involved in cases where you know, people get, they get promoted to supervisor or managers just because they're really good at their job. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But then, <laughs> then they, they don't oh, really know how to manage. They yeah. don't know how to manage, which comes yeah. back to training, right? Like you've, please, totally. if you are, if you are putting people in a managerial position, they are held at a higher standard in the law. Always. They are. Always. And, always. And they need training. So like back to your case mm-hmm. study, did this person have training on what sexual harassment is or what it's not? That is still unclear. Let's be honest. I don't think so. Okay. Um, And I don't think so because when he and I had those conversations, his answer was an unequivocal no. So I have been doing this long enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like over a decade of experience tells me that sometimes people are given training and it, you know, their eyes gloss over and they don't really know what they were trained on. Yeah. But um, it obviously had no effect. Right. Yeah, like if, if the training was exactly if the training was proper at the end of the day, we want to make sure that those things are sinking in mm-hmm. um, and those things are blatantly provided on a pretty regular basis to make sure that people understand that certain things are not permissible. So, like, I'll give you an example. So it would be like in my mind. And like, the, I'm not going to insinuate that the banks do this because the banks are fantastic with this, but just pretend we work at a bank. Okay. And the bank is providing fraud training to everyone, but they're not providing sexual harassment training to everyone. Um, 
To me, it's the same. If you, if you are taking the time on a yearly or quarterly basis to train people about how wrong fraud is because you don't want to lose any money, then you should be taking equal amount of time to train people about how inappropriate it is to sexually harass somebody at work. Absolutely. Oh, hats off to that. Like, yeah, yeah. There's so many times I've gone in. I'm like, I need to see your sexual, like as an investigator, I get called in. I like, I need to see your sexual harassment policy. Sometimes they don't even have one. I'm like, surprise, surprise. Okay. So, and then those who have it, I ask, how often do you train people on this? And like, oh, they sign off on just, it when they start. Just when they come in. Yeah. They, it's in the and employee like, handbook. That's it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm if like, they even have an employee handbook. handbook. Yeah. yeah. So it's just something to be really cautious of. Like people out there, this is something that is getting more and more popular. More and more people are coming forward with complaints of sexual harassment. You know, thank you to the Me Too movement. You know, Absolutely. people are actually feeling that they have a strong enough voice that they can come forward and say, this is not okay. And you as an employer yes. need to make sure that you've covered your basis. Like, do you have the training? Yes. Is the training good enough? Do people understand what sexual harassment is? I mean, like, I actually had to teach a CEO that when a boss or a manager asks his subordinate out over and over again, that is absolutely sexual harassment. I had to teach the CEO of the company that. So it's like, okay, it's, unfortunate. it's, it is unfortunate. And it's like, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes people who are starting businesses, they start the business because they love what the business is, right? Doing so they what, also what they're doing. Yeah. Doing what they love. And so this all HR stuff, I don't know anything about this. So I totally, I can see it. I can, I can, I can see why, where people get into those situations, but it's a matter of, okay, we really like, if you're choosing to have a company that's got over five employees, <laughs> Yes. You need to be aware of these things. And this is part of the Absolutely. training that needs to happen. So, you know, you need to talk to people about sexual harassment. It may seem uncomfortable, but it's, it's gotta be talked about because when totally. you talk about and if you're, it, sorry, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. I, I, I totally agree with that. My comment on that was absolutely. It's absolutely uncomfortable because mm-hmm. typically speaking, we're really uncomfortable. I think as a world talking about sex, right. And then talking absolutely. about sex at work, you kind of know it's uncomfortable because you shouldn't be doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you should not be. And that's why it's uncomfortable. At the same time, there are many, many, many people that provide excellent training that can be hired for your organization on a yearly or, you know, like a biannual basis so that you can meet those goals and thresholds and requirements for what I think are appropriate for, mm-hmm. from a training perspective. I know that you've talked previously and spoken previously to other uh, podcast participants, April, mm-hmm. about training and how important policies mm-hmm. and things like that are. I don't think we need mm-hmm. to delve into that in too much detail, but mm-hmm. I think that to me, it's, it's making sure that people understand that certain things are wrong. <laughs> That's one. And then two, um, you know, we do this, even in our case study, we were kind of walking through it right now and just happens to be what we were talking about in the case study, that particular dynamic, but the dynamic can be any sex, any gender, any race. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be male superior to female subordinate. That's not, not. that would be, I I think my number four takeaway, we already Mm -hmm. went through three and three plus. So now (laughs) this is, this is four. So four, four takeaway would be yeah, it doesn't need to be. It can be a same-sex relationship. It can be, it can be a, a female boss with a, a male subordinate. It can be anything. Mm-hmm. Anything that makes anybody uncomfortable mm-hmm. is akin to harassment. You mm-hmm. need to be careful. Absolutely. And sorry, I want to go back to what you're saying about talking about sex is so uncomfortable. 
Yeah. I, f- I find that if you yourself are comfortable talking about it, so you as the employer, if you're like, hey, we're going to talk about sex at work now, and you're comfortable with it, it will make everything seem so much easier than if you yourself are uncomfortable. When you're uncomfortable, everybody else becomes mean. awkward, right? <laughs> so yes. No, you're totally right. Because you're setting yeah. the tone. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're like shooting straight, like guys, this is something we got to talk about because it happens and I want to address it head on. Let's just be clear about it. That sets a different tone than, um, well, so the sexual harassment policy, um, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So I mean, I have a couple of clients actually, now that you mentioned this, I have a couple of clients that are in construction and one of the guys actually comes to mind for me is obviously, I mean, it's construction. So it's a very male dominated office and like they do, they've got guys that obviously work out outside of the office, but they're guys that work in the office and they've got one female employee, one female employee, um, who happens to be admin, uh, and works a front dress and he is just like that. Shoots from the hip, straight up kind of guy. You know, you walk, somebody walks in, they get a job and whatever. And he's like, listen, you're not hitting on so-and-so because that's not what we do here. Like, yeah. that was it. like, it's part of that very first conversation. Like, you're not allowed to do this. And, and, I mean, and that laid the foundation for everybody and nobody does. It. And how great for her. Yeah. For her to know that her boss, her boss is saying to every single guy that comes here, look, this is a construction industry. I don't know what's happened before in your previous workplaces, but that is unacceptable here. You just do (laughs) not come on to her. You do not flirt with her. You do not say anything. You don't do it. Her uncomfortable. Like that's fantastic. Like, I mean, I would feel safe being that person in that role. Absolutely. And valued, right? Like at the end of the day, like you, you, she's obviously amazing at her job, right? Yeah. Like, I think she really holds that place together. I think everybody would say that about all of their admins, mm-hmm. right? Like, you owe your life to your admin. Mm-hmm. But, like, she she really does. She holds that place together. And the fact that he's willing to do that and say, no, I'm not going to lose another great employee, because I'm sure this has happened in the past. And that's the reason why he's so frank about it. <laughs> like, this, this, is, this is an awesome way to be. I totally agree with you. I think that's a fantastic thing to do. Yeah. And, and he's obviously learned his lesson of, I got to protect my admin. Yes. Because, you know, <laughs> there's some cultures out there around construction that could be, you know, not. Yes. So we don't want to, totally. we don't need to go down the construction loop, but um, no, awesome. we don't. thank you so much, Jazz, for being here today. I always have so much fun talking to you, even talking about something as serious, you. As, talking about something as serious as sexual harassment, we can still have fun with it. So, um, totally. so thank you for being here. I totally appreciate your expertise. Uh, we will put in the show notes how you can get a hold of Jazz Binder. She is an employment lawyer. She's amazing. She knows what she's talking about. So if you have questions, you can get a hold of her there. Thank you again. Please, for our listeners, rate, review, and uh, put little stars. I can't tell you how important it is for us. It helps us in the ratings. It helps us get out to more people so more people can hear this. So if you're listening and you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review leave some good words. It means everything to us. And also if you have suggestions about the podcast or people you'd like to hear about, please also send me an email. Everything can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Jasvinder, for being here. It's been so much fun. Again. Thank you. And don't sleep with your boss. That's the lesson don't sleep for today. With your boss. <laughs> Absolutely not. Thanks so much, April. Appreciate Thanks, it. Jess. Take care. Thank you for joining us for the Harassment Free Workplace Podcast. Subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And please spread the word. Feel free to send us feedback, questions, and suggestions for future guests you'd like to hear from. We'd love to hear from you. 
For more information on workplace investigations and assessments, please visit www.harassmentfreeworkplace.com. Till next time.